podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm Justice. Justice Raji. Yeah. So we're just going to jump right in. So uh, Robert Sarver, uh, owner of the Phoenix Suns and the, I cannot remember the WNBA team name off the top of my head. The Mercury. 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 Among whatever else he does to make them a billion dollar person that has lots of money. I think it was a bank. Uh, or is it head of a bank or like this, you know, in any event, uh, it was revealed the, the NBA came out with their findings and result of the investigation. He's suspended from a year from the team, a fine. And, you know, basically multiple instances of, um, and I haven't been able to read the whole report. Uh, I'm not a journalist, so you know what I'm saying? I can <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say, just we podcasters, you ain't had to read the whole report, man. Like I'm just saying that, you that know. shit's on that's like for that's like for the times, man. I don't even know them political motherfuckers read the whole report. I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they don't. Somebody on the staff read it. Yeah, <laughs> give them say, the highlights. Man, you, you, you talk about financial times level, the economist level, like the actual person that wrote the thing gotta read the whole report, man. You give yourself some grace, God. <laughs> Indeed. And so uh, with that, it was basically, um, you know, obvious uh, mixed reaction, to say the least. I mean, I think the overwhelming reaction was folks were like, it's not enough. Um, and I guess subsequent to that initial wave, I mean, it has been released that he it's been at least posted that, you know, he's going to look into selling the team. But it was a wild bit because it's like. And I think it's the thing that's interesting, or at least curious to me about this, and I'd like to get your thoughts, is as much as we live in this age and cancel culture and taking this and taking that, we constantly run up into this situation and these structures and these points where it's like, basically, we can be socially dissatisfied with you. We can not find you. We can find your behavior, you know, maybe despicable or, you know, dis, you know distasteful at a minimum, despicable, maybe at a higher level. Um, but often, if you, unless you broke some, some like clear federal crime or state level crime, we kind of stuck with you. Like you, like you, you know, your people. Oh, he's canceled. I'm like, yeah, but Robert Cyber, he ain't he ain't losing no money. Like he ain't losing no sleep. If anything, he about to make a billion, a big old profit <laughs> when he sells his part of that team. Yeah. That team's yeah. gonna be four or five billion dollars if the whole team sells, or if he's just selling his portion. Of ownership, like he might. I mean, he's losing public face in a way that who, like, I never uh, of of the world where Robert Sarver matters on a social level. 
when most of us ain't hanging out with Robert Sarver to be like, oh man, I'm I'm not gonna talk to him at the country club next week. Like, what do we really talk about here, man? And and it's it's such an interesting set of circumstances, like trying to process it, like from the position that we sit as really really as like a fan of basketball, right? As a person that consumes the sport and talks about it, but understands, you know, the larger, you know, societal reality that, yeah, there's only 30 of these and all the people that own them are fantastically wealthy. And just like all the other sports, you know, probably a little questionable and, you know, in some of their um, social choices. At least at some time. I mean, I think you know I'd be a fair, a fair zone to cast. So, yeah, I just wanted to think. You know, what was some of your thoughts about that situation? So I got, I got a couple pieces. My first piece is fluffy and it's just whatever, but it's real. Why do the teams always have to have like these male and female Superman and Wonder Woman like uh, names, like the Sun to the Mercury, <laughs> like? <laughs> Why did it have to be like that, man? We're not as much as people talk about gender and all this stuff. Like, why does it always have to be like? Here's the, the feminine element of it being hot, like the Timberwolves, the Lynx. Like, it's another animal. It's yeah. also in the. It's also in the woods. Like, budget. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it is some other thing. Minnesota nice people. It is some other that like you know what I mean. Like, I mean, let's be real. And, and you know, I'm editorializing. Anybody listening, this is all be to say don't judge. It's like w- women's basketball is not necessarily. It's known for being really, I think, thoughtful, uh, strategic. But it's not like they're knocking people down. That you need like menacing names in order to like define the thing. Like you just don't, man. Like I so, think- I, so that's just like I like it's a good question. I, I'm pretty sure. You know, my my first thought is that somewhere in one of those early meetings, it was like, well, look, if we use basically the same color patterns, we could save on fabric. Oh, yeah. That and the idea for the psychology of humans and, and sports psychology, which is a whole other psychology, that you have a name that reminds you of the other name, assuming that the other name actually matters anyway which is right. a whole different conversation yeah with like what you see in hockey in particular when teams start moving places to, to keep the name that they was at like like the dallas stars when they had that name like 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 it was the minnesota north stars then it was the dallas stars right <laughs> like the Hartford whalers and then the whalers move anyway, but, so that's number one i just want us to think about yeah. the fact that it doesn't have that and maybe it doesn't have to have the same color palette and maybe this name can be something that actually means something to people without saying like Mercury. Like most people even know what the hell Mercury does outside of it being a, something we frame for heat. But anyway, so God, now I got that out of the way. Rock and roll. So it's an interesting thing about Robert Sarver. He's basically being kicked out of a country club, right? Like this is essentially what's happening to him. Like nothing is happening to Robert Sarver. Robert Sarver bought a he bought you know a team. In the time that he bought the team, they got a, a female team. It's by all accounts a really successful running organization. He's going to make a gazillion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And so, as his punishment for being an overall you know jerk and racist and sexist. He's going to make however many billions of dollars. It's the actually the kind of thing that we think 
move society along, but I'm never quite sure if it moves society along as much as we think it moves society along. Because we think that, like, he's being punished, where by the time you buy an NBA team, to your point, you're fantastically wealthy. You you inhabit another kind of space in the global market, in, the, in, in, in like, you know, the global elite, right? To be able to do that. That's why if you look at, you know, even when you talk about black folks and they, like, buy a team, None of them are like the majority owners of the team. Like they put up the capital to buy the team. The team is still, the money came from somewhere else. Like we should always understand that. And so for me, it's like you're getting rid of these people who are not quote unquote good people while he makes a billion dollars and goes off to something else and you sell to someone else that you hope is not at least openly a bad person. Or has not gotten so comfortable with the old environments. And like, to your point, many of them, which they inhabit spaces that are harmful to black and brown people, harmful to, I guess, the term BIPOC is what people use, like, or harmful to women, harmful to people, different orientations, right? Like Mm -hmm. they inhabit these spaces with everything else they do. He held on to an asset. The assets were way more than what he paid for it. And he's going to get paid. So. I just want to submit that, that I think that we have to think about, to your point, in this idea of people being canceled. What's the real impact of this? You could argue he can't hold on to the asset as long as he would like to, right? That you could ascertain that that's the punishment. Mm -hmm. But he's basically telling you, okay, you you banned me for a year of all of y'all that like to hang out with each other. Y'all said I'm bad for business. Because that's essentially what this is. It's just like the co-op in the wire. Right. All the other people who were part of the co-op said you're bad for business. <laughs> yeah. And here's your punishment for being bad for business. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you say, OK, no problem. I'm taking my marbles and leaving the playground. <laughs> Cash me out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, you bring up a really good point. I mean, one, he his conduct was despicable. Um, I do have to think about, it's interesting to think about a place like Phoenix and like Arizona broadly that, you know, you find, um, obviously you are people from there because the indigenous communities are from there. And then you find people who have been there for relatively a while, but it's a place everyone's going to. So sometimes I think about those places and think like, are there like the structures in place where people are as sensitive about certain things as they are in other cities? Like, would you be someone that felt you could say that in New York, right? Would you be someone that felt like you could say that shit, say that those kind of things in Detroit, mm-hmm. knowing the fan base, knowing the kind of thing, right? Versus Phoenix, where everyone's new to the place, it's playing fast and loose as the California that's not California, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where can I be close to California, but not California? Let's not even talk about the challenging politics of Arizona. Yeah. yeah. It was not so long ago they would not celebrate MLK <laughs> holiday, right? Chuck D famously mm-hmm. did a song by the time I get to Arizona. So I think there's also some of I I I I'm going to posit that there's some of that wrapped up in this in this dialogue um as well. And, and my third point 
is that I think it makes us have this broader conversation of why exactly are sports in, uh, organizations this why, why, why are they so coveted? Like, if you told me that the Phoenix Suns are worth billions of dollars, right? You're going to have to take me to talk to somebody on Bloomberg or something, because I don't understand how a team that's won one championship in, I don't know, ever. Yeah. They did win one, right? Didn't they? They won one, like, what, two years ago or something? They, no, no. they got to the finals. They got to the finals. They 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 okay. they got in the. They don't think they ever won. They lost in the seventies to, to the Celtics, right? Yeah, they lost in the seventies to the Celtics. Then they were good lost to the, the Kevin Johnson. Right, lost to the Bulls. They were the Kevin Johnson. Then they went and got Barkley. Then they, they didn't win. Right, so they got to the finals and they lost to the 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 Bucks. Right, maybe. Yeah, they lost to the Bucks. Two years. Yeah, they lost to the Bucks. Yeah, kind of the most underwhelming. The idea of the most underwhelming NBA finals in some time. But so, so yeah, like a team that hasn't won, right, is worth this much money. So that's just another baffling part of this, the psychology of sports. Um, because teams who don't win, like, for example, in, you know, soccer, the teams that are worth a lot are the teams that win. <laughs> well, you know, but they also, uh, oddly enough, in these in countries that have much more social democracy, operate fully capitalist, meaning the teams that got the most money buy all the best players. Oh, absolutely. Nobody, no, no, nobody I, I, this is not a fair a conversation. <laughs> nobody no, skips this, a beat thinking about it. No, this is, this is not a fair conversation. No, no, everyone wants a winner. <laughs> That's why every league has two or three teams that are just really good and the rest aren't. So you're you're absolutely yeah. correct. Only in America uh, do we uh, get everybody get all uh, socialists <laughs> when, when you start talking about competition. Well, hey, wait a minute now you can't let you can't let them get all the good players. Like, hey man, <laughs> big bank take little bank man. Let's go. New York Giants should win Super Bowl every year. <laughs> if it was yeah. about market value, we should yeah. have all of the good players. Well, I mean, you know, I've stated in some place before. Basically, the whole NFL exists. Because the New York team decided to be okay sharing the money. They didn't have to. Mm. But, you know, I'm not going to bring that up. I'll say that for later. <laughs> yeah. That's a cabal on another level. But, um, but yeah, so that's my take on it. That's my take on it. All right. Well, the only thing else I want to add, one, just for the record, I mean, what I have read about it and studied about it, I mean, as much as despicable, the, the you know, his flagrant use of, well, just put it like this. Everybody, I'm gonna take it as racial animus if you use the N-word around me. I don't care what your what your intent was. Just just put it out there. And second, the treatment of women within that organization and, and generally the issue of the treatment of women as it shows up in some of these um these matters, the pending issue with the uh Washington uh the, you know cold brah, commanders, you know what I'm saying, whatever's happening with them, like I think that's still, you know, despite us being in this world where people will reference it as a post me too and like people actually being tuned in to the way women are treated professionally in the workplace it's like it still is the core issue that was you know even more rampant and out of out of, out of you know out of sorts with this and that generally i'm just always surprised that it doesn't appear right at least or at least it's not being reported if the degree to which these things showing up cast light on other things that these again fantastically wealthy 
people are running and how well they are treating people, probably in industries that hire involve a lot more people, right? A lot more staff of whatever, you know, whatever the work that may be being done. Um, and probably have a lot larger direct impact on different communities be, being, you know, the place of first folks employment. And that if you would run, you know, and I guess some people say, well, you, you can run an NBA team this way and then different businesses can be run different ways. I hear that, but I got to at least say we should pick, pick back the covers a little bit. You know, I mean, it, 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 just like the CEOs in uh, John Gruden's situation, just talking wild, like, man, wonder if anybody call HR to take a look at some of their uh, previous filing. I mean, I know HR is there to protect the company. They're not actually there for as a neutral source to protect, you know, some sense of right in the world. But the, um, you know, it, it, it's just, we, we still have this same problem of the way people run things that, you know, is not healthy. It's not right. It's not ethically sound. And, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we, it gets highlighted in the form of these very public facing and publicly visible entities that are sports teams, you know, in in an entertainment product that crosses over into like a cultural representation of a, of a region or, or a city. Right. Um, But then, you know, people's like investigation of the wrongdoing, so to speak, kind of stops at the gate (laughs) and it's like, Oh, well, you know, they could act wild at his, at his team, but he wouldn't run his bank that way. Would he? And my mind is like, why wouldn't you? Like, See, I actually think a little. I think it's like the one of the problems is we create these. We create these industries worth billions of dollars that are under little to no regulation. Like it's not like the Department of Labor comes in to check on what's happening at the Phoenix Suns, right? right? Like there's a whistleblower that can say, "Hey, Enron's you know creating profits at where there are none," right? <laughs> like. Right. These people have stole this much money, right? And to the degree which your your regulatory institutions, and there's a variety of, there's a lot of space on the spectrum for how people see the role of regulatory institutions. But just for the <laughs> conversation, a lot of the other ones are under those things. As much as people will, will say, you know, I, I've now learned, like, the top banks in America have to go to Congress. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to go. It's like last week, they all went to top seven banks in America, all went and, and testified. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't go and testify, you're going to have another problem. <laughs> like There's going to be something else happening down the road, right? If you were to then take all that money that you, quote unquote, theoretically are worth, right? And go buy a lacrosse team or basketball team, no one's going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the challenge is these are places for these alter egos that don't have any regulatory construct. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. You know what I'm saying? Like they are like, again, this is clearly who you are. So it's not about that you're a better person when you run your bank. You just shut up because they got stuff like civil rights uh, violations and the OCC comes in and they want to know what you're doing. Like, Banks have a gazillion lawyers, generally, who either work in government or know exactly what government wants <laughs> to make sure that the bank doesn't do that, especially yeah. when it's a public bank, right? Mm-hmm. Private banks have a whole nother thing. So I, I think, like, in line with your point, though, this gives them a chance to be who they really are. 
Dan Snyder got a chance to be who he really was. Robert Sarver is getting a chance to be who he really was. What was the dude that owned the Clippers? Oh, uh, uh, Sterling. Not Sterling. Sterling. Yeah, yeah, Dom Sterling. Yeah. Well, Sterling was always who he was. We, you know, the records on that was real estate. So that was clear. He was who he was <laughs> before. <laughs> and then he was who he was. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so I just think it, it's part of this f- sports phenomenon that we allow that to happen. But that, that it's almost like this your alter ego comes out of this this behavior. So, you know, I mean, you know, for the record, I guess I would say it um I guess I guess I'm pleased that he's gonna sell the team. I mean, but it doesn't really change all the other factors that like made owning that team and him being an owner of the team and everything else that went around along with that any you know really substantially different and it didn't only other thing that you know i just think it's, it's interesting about it is just the idea that like you know there's sometimes job opportunities and and and, and opportunities to do something where it's like yeah this dude's not cool but you know there's only 30 days so i'm going to be the gm of, <laughs> of the phoenix suns or fill in the blank you know franchise right like yeah. you know what i mean like when people go you know, like well why would you how could you work for someone like that like well i mean this is the thing i'm really good at and there's only 30 of them so uh i'm taking it you know what I'm like i'm gonna go here and, and, do and there's a cognitive dissonance god i think there's a cognitive like i think i think society has a cognitive dissonance not understanding that yes the coach i mean the owner can be an entire asshole just like your boss can be an asshole or just or also, just like you can be an asshole too for people that work with you. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, important. Must remember that? <laughs> like, sometimes we'd be like, oh, the boss is horrible. What about when you're the boss? Hey. What about when you're actually the person? That's the brick. But so, what I'm saying is like, but I mean, we can't blame Monty Williams for that. Yeah. Right. Like, by all accounts, the, you know, the coach, the GM, I mean, you know, they're running a top flight, thoughtful, well run organization. That, you know, a coach of the NBA, as much as we like to, you know, think about, oh, man, he's the coach of the insert team, he's still middle management. Yeah, yeah. No, you're significant middle management, but you're definitely middle management. There's like, it's still, it's still, yeah, there's still there's two whole... or three, there's still three, usually three or four people above you in the system. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a reason why general managers get fired. <laughs> yep. And general managers hire coaches. <clears throat> you know, so just to say, we put it in the context of <clears throat> broader society, just as in many organizations, there's a disconnect between what is happening in middle management and the leadership, and that can go good or bad. In the same way, I think there's a disconnect there with what appears to be a great job that Monty Williams and, and the and the brothers and sisters uh at in Phoenix are actually doing. Yeah, yeah. So and props to them. Hopefully they come together. Um so we got just a little bit of time. I wanted to touch base so we're gonna make a, a rough a rough jump. Just at least at this forecast and we can come back to it. So this is Mississippi welfare money. Um, you know, or I should just say the TANF money. It's not actually because well, you know, well anyway. Brett Favre is, is, is the signature person that people know of that folks are like, why aren't people talking about this more? Why isn't the media digging into this deeper? But essentially, 
that, um, you know, the use of an estate government, instead of using funds that are actually meant to go to help needy families, um, you know, one, I just want to establish with people so that they understand it's not uncommon for states, especially politically don't believe or run by people who don't believe in actually using federal resources that are directed towards, you know, need and support for families. That is their essential goal to use as little of that money as possible. And I, you know, I wish I could say it in a more nice way, but basically as I see it, because they're hateful, terrible people who don't think that these folks are deserving of the dignity and well-being that those funds would very minimally help to <laughs> make life a little easier. But then to misappropriate those funds for other things, including, uh, uh, you know, trying to build a volleyball stadium to who knows what, right? Like there's an actual importance in every state um, around like if just because you heard some money was supposed to go to something, finding out if the money ever actually happened. Because a lot of times it's a great deal, same way I've brought up in our conversations um, about like, you know, all the, the the corporate pledges to put money into this and that in the summer of 2020, where, you know, a lot of them checks ain't never, ain't never reached the destination. You know what I'm saying? They made a pledge at the, at the fundraiser, but they ain't never make it to the fiscal office. Um, so saying that to say, the... The, the, the implication, though, that a, you know, a prominent member of, you know, probably the state's lore, right, and Brett Favre would be participating in this, you know, cabal, I guess we could say, to misappropriate funds. I mean, color me not the only person that maybe is not surprised by that. I mean, you know, I don't know. That's I don't know if that's the best landing place, but that's where I where I'm at with it. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure these folks are used to misappropriating funds and then being like, yeah, man, government so corrupt. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, well, yeah, I think it's a so one. It kind of goes back to this kind of around the Sarver thing. Let's not assume because someone is extremely good at taking a football seeing what's happening on the field and throwing it down the field or making decisions, which I don't, I'm not minimizing. Someone being good at their thing. But we should not conflate that with actually being an okay human. We have been taught that we would like to think that a lot of the people who do those things well are okay humans, but in reality, they have many of the same frailties that all the rest of us do. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because they're good at that thing doesn't mean they're good at life, Right. They're not necessarily good at life. <laughs> and I think as an example of Brett Favre, it's clearly not good at lifing. There's also, to your point, a broader system of, hey, won't you give people stuff? And then there's people who constantly get empowered whose perspective is, hey, why don't why don't we not? Right? Mm-hmm. And how you resolve those issues and whether that's this issue or rather that's the water issue in, in Jackson, mm-hmm. you constantly run up against like this concept where people in power have decided for, for their particular perspective of ideology. And, and, you know, I'm not, I have a judgment on 
a city not having water. I have a judgment on that. Like I, I have a judgment. I don't have a judgment on Brett Favre other than to say that Brett Favre should go through the same thing anyone else who gets caught for fraud. The same thing that people <laughs> took money and went and bought crab. We think they went and bought crab legs. I do know some people did go buy crab legs. <laughs> that, that is true. Some people <laughs> created ghost consulting and party kind. And that's true. Like that's not, you know, that right, that's right, not me right. knocking my people. That's true. Yeah. The same way they're gonna get jammed up is the same way Brett Favre should get jammed up to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah. I don't have a perspective other than the fact he wore a Green Bay jersey, a Green Bay helmet, which was you know, a thing we have in a, you know, we don't have allegiance to Green Bay, but they're, you know, they're insignias. <laughs> but besides that, I don't, man, throw him under the jail. <laughs> As I like to say, uh, I mean, just on a lighter note, that somewhere like, hey, Brett, they about to bring you a deal. Take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I ain't telling you to snitch, but I wouldn't be surprised if you was like, hey, man. They was tripping. I thought that money was cool. I mean, I asked, but then they said it was cool. I mean, man, I you didn't know, know. Brett Favre, man. You know Brett Favre ain't going to jail. Brett is telling on everybody going. Because listen, I'm real. Say, I mean, you know, it's more to be revealed. I'm sure it's someone that said it in his ear. Hey, man, you know, we doing. They got this money coming down. We can build a volleyball stadium. People, okay, they already got that PPP money, right? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, really? It it sits there at the state. They don't never use that money. Oh, yeah, it doesn't even get used. Oh, really? Oh, man, we can get some of that money? Yeah, we can get some of that money. All right. (laughs) Listen, I'm telling you, he's telling on that person. And if you tell on him, Brett, if you tell on him, whatever, if you don't tell him, you're under the jail. Because I personally do not use the fact that you were really good at twirling the football down. Even the fact that how you went out with Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, working through many of his challenges. Yeah, I can tell there you weren't the best human, right? Like, so, you know, but again, I, I want to broaden, and I know, you know, yeah. your vantage point as well, like broaden it to being like, you have a state that is amongst the poorest in the country. Yeah. And, and then like, just frankly. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, just, it, it has a history of being openly hostile to a significant uh, part of its electorate. Like openly, like yeah, we don't want to help you. If we can, if we can not help you, even though they're trying to make us help you, we're not going to help you. We're going to make this hard. Also, vis-a-vis Jackson, you know what I mean? Like, if you, you know, like this is not a, this is not not connected to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And seventy-seven million. I mean, Brett is then tapped around five, but uh, it's seventy-seven million dollars in money that. Could have been going to help people with resources that, like, oh, we we not we not distributing that money. You know what I'm saying? Or we're distributing it in a way that is inappropriate. We are sending a uh, Ted DiBiase son to 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 drug rehab and paying him to do uh, uh, education around uh, inner city kids and diagnosing when they may be using drugs. Like, stop playing with wow. me. <laughs> like stop playing. Well, first of the first of all, the fact we do a Ted DiBiase son is again <laughs> owing to this. You know what? This whole episode is owing to this collective mythos about fucking sports and entertainment, <laughs> dog. Like the fact that what about uh, any other way, the fact that he was the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and the and 
that him also being an old aging entertainer mm-hmm. was part of redirecting resources. But again, I mean, it did, I mean, I don't want to go meta here, but there's also this bigger conversation around the role of states' rights. Mm. And this plays itself out in Roe v. Wade, this plays itself out in so electoral politics, right? Like this is a model by which the there's a certain set of people have said, yo, why don't we create a system that we control all the stuff at this quasi-local level or the meso, we'll call it the meso level for this conversation? Mm-hmm. And then we'll make sure that our people control the meso level of every state. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. And so that'll be the politics. You know what I mean? And so it's just uh, an I- a crazy idea for everyone at the federal government to be like, send it down to the states. The states like, thanks. And all the people in the states happen to be the same people who were connected to people at the federal government saying, send it down to the, <laughs> send it down to the states. And then doing things that are not helpful to the, to the, va- to the majority of the population. And that that's fair to say. That's not a that that's not a me kind of editorializing there, right? So and continuing to have the poorest state in the nation. Meanwhile, everyone clearly ain't poor because Brett Favre's trying to get some money to build a volleyball stadium and the million dollar man's son is trying to do dare. I guess he's doing the 2022 dare. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it. I guess the uh, the the lesson or the the, the point I want to elevate for folks is you know never underestimate the power of like kind of perceived social capital of someone's importance right and the way that then translates into uh, opportunity uh, earned and unearned and that if if it's happening in this state you know there's a good chance you know you know we like to go with the government is doing something, you know, nefarious. I'm like, no, people are doing something nefarious and the government might be their vehicle to try to pull that thing off, right? And so that's all I had. I just didn't want to go on set. Well, no, I think you're right. And I think we have to, again, <laughs> what I take from it is that just because they got rich and just because they do a thing well doesn't mean that they're good people. Nope. Like, And, you know, we have to disabuse ourselves of those notions that we've been finally trained with over the last specifically, I guess, 40, 50 years. Right. Like Mm -hmm. there are some cartoons and you see some comic books where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did a sky hook and then talk to kids and shit. But really, (laughs) it's not like, you know, really, you know, like it's Joe Namath. So you could argue about 50 years, but it's really taking place in the last Mm -hmm. 30 to 40 um, of. Listen, man, these people got frailties just like you. And you should not expect that they will do the right thing just because they happen to do a thing well. So with that, I'm going to let you go. You know what I'm saying? Add on. There's some other things happening in America. We know. We're not going to talk about that today. Talk about it. Maybe never. But we'll see. Until then. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna say that's all I got. So peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, Majestic, 
Good Brothers is a part of the Ash Old Head Podcast brought to you by me, Justice Raji. You can support the podcast by listening, uh, sharing, rating, and subscribing wherever you listen. You can also support the podcast by joining Patreon and locate Justice Raji and become a subscriber. And uh, yeah, you can contribute to me keeping this channel of creativity open and alive. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, it's the end of the summer and the beginning of the autumn and the fall. So, you know, enjoy some sun while it lasts. Also, out enjoy some of these crisp, crisp autumn evenings. You know what I'm saying? Bust out the sweaters and the Timberlands, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever have you. So, in any event, be safe and until next time, peace.